Welcome to the Mindful Literacy Podcast. This podcast is for teachers and parents who want to gain knowledge, perspective, and inspiration in the areas of literacy education and special education. Episode topics tend to focus on dyslexia, ADHD, literacy education, and mindful teaching. This podcast was created to build awareness for our nonprofit, Mindful Literacy Columbus. Check out the show notes to learn more and to get involved. Okay, well, welcome to the Mindful Literacy Podcast. I'm sitting with Zoe Candell. Hi. And Gia. Gia, can you please help us pronounce your last name? <laughs> it's Gia Myring. Hello. Oh, great. Myring. Yes, Myring. I'm and amazed you got my first name right because a lot of people struggle with that too. Oh, really? I just yeah. assumed, I just assumed it was like the Greek base for Earth. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> uh, well, Gia, you are the author of Hacking the Code, the Ziggity Zaggity Road of a D Kid. So we're so excited to speak with you today because we both really loved this book in many different oh. ways. Yeah, thank you. That's so amazing. It's uh, it's great to hear what uh, everyone thinks about reading the book, and I would love to hear what you think about the book. It's really exciting for me. Um, we had a few questions for you, um, uh, because this book is really interesting, and we want to learn more about it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so, do you? Are these characters like when you base, are they based off of like a real story? Is this your story or someone else's? Um, very good question. And uh, yes, um, it is, well, it is fiction. Let me say that. So not everything that's in the book has actually happened, but it is based on um, my son. My son is dyslexic. And um, as a mother, I saw a lot of things happening, and uh, that's um, that's where I based the book on. So it's 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 um, the experiences that we saw uh, as a family, and I saw as a mother with with my son uh, struggling through school and with homework and with. Um, you know, his self-esteem and, um, and all the things that, um, that come with that. And I thought it was really important to tell this story so others can recognize themselves in it. Or if you're not dyslexic, you know, like you, um, you see how, uh, what happens with other, with children and people that are, have a different way of uh, learning things and where their brain maybe works differently. So, uh, and for parents too, to make it um, more visible and more um, informational for parents to see uh, how that feels for a child to be dyslexic. So it's fiction, but it has a lot of truth in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um that's really interesting. That was like one of the top questions that we were wondering. Um, yeah. Since like this book has so many um, amazing things like in it, was it time consuming to put all these um, things into it? Like, was it? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, you know, actually, I've been thinking about writing this for years before I actually put uh, one letter on paper. <laughs> and um, when I finally decided, okay, I have to do this, um, I saw a lot of children struggling and I saw, I heard of a lot of parents struggling. And I thought, Are we, I have to make this story, read it, put it down, even if it helps only a few uh parents and a few kids um it it's 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 helpful so i in the end i thought okay i'm gonna do it and i i have to tell you zoe i have started and stopped like a gazillion times it wasn't like i sat down and i wrote this story and you know it was done in a, a in a few months or something it took yeah i think the actual writing almost two years where the last half a year um, um, the illustrator was the, the contact with the illustrator to make the illustration with Mats Johan Ogat was a very intense one so I finished I kind of finished half of the book and then I had the idea I need to see this in illustrations because I'm very visual you know I, it's just the, the how I work too and um, so I contacted him and we started making the first illustrations while I wasn't even finished with the book. So um, and but I have to tell you, Zoe, I wasn't working on it every day. It was like, you know, I had like an idea under the shower. You know, ideas come to me in bed in the morning or at night when I go to sleep or in the shower or where, you know, like folding laundry or <laughs> doing something really silly and then I get an idea and I make a note and then I go sit down when I have time and I write that out so that's how I did it and so sometimes I didn't have I didn't have time for it and I didn't work on it for a month or two months or three months and then other times I've been sitting on a Sunday and I've been writing a lot so it's been um it's been a very up and down process and yeah so does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah? Zoe, how can you relate that process to the books you have authored? Um, well, it was also on and off because I, I sometimes, I when I didn't have tutoring, I would work on it. And then other times I would be like, okay, I have to do this. I can't do it now. So I was also kind of back and forth with it because I only had, like, uh, when I was doing my second book, I was only doing tutoring once a week, so I could only do it like once to like actually work on it, work on it. But I did go on and off through the week to work on it. So you wrote two books? Yeah. Wow, really? What what kind of books? Um, so the first one I did with um, more than just myself. I worked on it with other people and I feel like that also helped me because I don't think I would be able to do it on my own if I didn't do one book with other people because I was just kind of like more of a learn like I learned better from that one yeah to do it and then my second one I did by myself and um it was also like not hard but not easy to create the book it was easy when 
because every when I did my first book, other people had ideas and we were all like clumping together. But then when we actually, the hard part about it was I was doing it all by myself. Like yeah. even though a lot of the times like my friends would help me out, I, I did it a lot on my own. So that was also a challenge. But I also want to try again to do another group book because that was like really fun. Yeah, aren't you really proud of be of making that? Yeah, like I I have a good feeling because I when I look at the book I feel good like about it. Yeah, yeah. Can I find it somewhere? Yeah. Yes, we'll send you a copy. We'll send you a copy. But yes, oh. um, our books are available on on our website. And we have, we actually have so many questions related to not only your writing process, but also your publishing process. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say really quickly, Zoe was taking a brain break last year um, during tutoring when we were working. And I think we were working on school stuff, remote school stuff. And she was taking a brain break and she was standing up giving this monologue and it was really detailed. All this I think you say this story of the creativity just came pouring out of you. I mean, it was like, well, I was watching like a staged play and I just yeah. started writing what she was saying, what she was doing, the storyline. Yeah. And then I'm like, look, you could make this story into a book. It's pretty good. It has a good moral. It has a good theme. So yeah. that's how we started. But along the way, figured out how to get the book in print. So yeah. I'll let Zoe continue asking the questions, but she, a lot of the reason she's asking the questions she is is because she's also an author. <laughs> yes. Oh, wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I can attest to the fact that um, writing is a very solitary uh, activity. Um, the actual writing is. Um, but, you know, like you get the ideas by talking to other people and to and to live your life and to be busy. But uh, I saw a, a quote like writing is, is you have to procrastinate to write. So I don't know if you know what that means, uh, Zoe, procrastinate. Um, but it's like, you know, fiddling around, doing nothing, uh, because at, when you do that, then at one point, um, you get to the writing. You cannot write just by sitting down and saying, okay, now I'm going to write, you know, like I'm going to make my book right now. So, yeah. So I can attest to that. That is like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're, that's amazing that you, that you already have two books on, on your name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were also, uh, me and Dr. Bennett, we were very curious about this. So um, when we were talking about publishing, um, you, when we looked at it, um, it says you have one. It's called I Care Press. I think. Yeah. And we were wondering if you like if you if you have this do you, if if you're the owner right and if you'd let other people use it or is this like one big thing for your pub like for your books uh you mean the iCare press yeah is it yeah is it for just like one thing for you and that's only for you like do you have yeah <laughs> i do, well i um i don't have other authors in my um that i represent right now but i can always uh, you know look at it and we can talk about it because i've done the process right now so 
But uh, yeah, ICA Press is something I set up. Uh, I published one other book more than 10 years ago, and that's when I set up ICA Press. Um, and I still had it, so I, I used it for uh, I, I used it for this book too. So it's not my it's not my goal with ICA Press to make it a huge publisher or something. And uh, but you know, like I I've been talking to other authors too, and uh, yeah, it's a you know I'm 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 open for it. But um, nowadays, you know, the the publishing business and landscape has been changed so much in the last 10 years and right now you can easily publish your book without a publisher you know it's not that difficult um well it's not i'm not saying it's it's not difficult but it's a lot of steps and a lot of things you need to organize and do but you can do it you don't have to have a publisher to publish your book um but yeah, the the experience helps, you know. I I know what I did with this one, and I learned a lot again, which is really also a wonderful thing. Um, that I, you know, that's a learning process too, and I learned a lot of things about publishing this book again, and uh, and you know the uh, everything that comes with it. So yeah. So you wrote a book ten years ago about the first eight days of. Having a baby. Yeah, being a mom. The first being eight days of being a mom. Yes. And um, yeah. So you, was did I care press? Did you and did you start that as a way to self-publish that book? Yes, okay. I did. That's yeah. That's exactly how we. That's exactly the process that happened to us when we said, you know what, I think we've got a book here. We need to publish it, and rather than get a bunch of doors shut and, and take a bunch of time, we can just send it off to the printing yeah. press. That's how yeah. we started too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, um, it, right now that's that's really easy to do. That's really easy to uh, to accomplish. So so you have it, your book printed and it's uh, oh, great. Do you have a copy there? Can I see it? I'll um, go find a copy. You keep you keep asking yeah. the question. I'll go get it. So this is just a random question. Um, at yeah. the beginning, we asked you how to pronounce your um, last name because we were like, how do how do you say it? Yeah. Where did it come from? Like how? Like usually, it has a backstory of where your last names come from. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I am originally from the Netherlands, which is a a country in Europe. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yeah, so I am. I grew up there. So I was in my 30s when I moved to the United States with my husband when he moved for his work. And so since, and well, we are almost 20 years now further, and uh, we're still in uh, in the U.S. So, but I am Dutch, and uh, I speak Dutch. Um, so I English is my second language actually. So it's, uh, sometimes sometimes a challenge. Um, and you can hear the accent probably. Can you hear yeah. my accent? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I didn't grow up here. So I was, um, yeah, I, I I came here when I was in my uh, in my thirties. Yeah, but so that's why the the name too. So. The, yeah. the weird name and my illustrator actually the the 
the person that made all the illustrations, also the cover illustration and inside the book, all the illustrations. He's actually in Norway. He's Norwegian and he lives in Norway. Um, but, um, you know, remember with, with uh, last year that we did everything online and um, I talked to him online too. And we um, managed to make all the illustrations doing all the work online. So um, that's, that was really handy in that case. So Yeah. Um, we also like have a question. So when you said this relates um, to your son, how does it relate exactly? Like it, you've said some things that are fictional and some are not. What are the things that aren't fictional in the book? Um, a lot of things uh, that have to do with the dyslexia, you know, like the um, not wanting to, not reading out loud really is really hard. The spelling test and everything that goes with that, um, um, feeling down and his self-esteem and not feeling, you know, like feeling stupid, um, um, practicing your spelling test in a many different ways in uh you know in the sand and on in uh, uh with razor razor sh shaving cream and with you know like all these things um but also uh being very creative uh being really good at drawing at, at designing things being um loving to do make legos and not needing any descriptions just put it together and um, really handy and um, yeah so this that so all his all his strengths uh, that that's what I translated in the book too so yeah so that's uh, that's all that's all um, from our experiences oh and this and the test that you know the testing with the psychologist uh, and uh, and going through all that hoopla all uh, from the testing and uh, yeah, so that's all that's all real. A few of the pranks are um, um, fictional, or actually they're not fictional, but they maybe not happened to my son, but I heard about them or, or I did them myself as a child. <laughs> that was one of your questions, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you <laughs> did you ever get in trouble in school? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, um, I mean, I've been, I've known a lot of kids who are dyslexic over the years and their families. And I just felt that you captured all of the things, it, it, particularly the strengths. I mean, I just, I just marveled from page one about the Android versus the Apple brain and, and the analogy yeah. you used to help those who maybe have no or little experience with kids with dyslexia. Like that is such an amazing analogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I, I thought so too. It really speaks to people because everyone has a cell phone or a, you know, like a computer and, um, and, and a lot of, at least adults know that, you know, you can't change, you can't change, use the same software for the, for the, different computers or cell phones and so on so i thought that was a, a, a great way to show that you know like the inner workings are different but you know you can do you can do the same things with it but the inner workings are different and that gives you other strengths you know like 
And yeah, I thought that was a, I first actually uh, used Apple and Windows, um, but um, that's from an older generation because Zoe, do you know what Windows is? Not exactly. When you go on yeah. like a computer, it says like Windows with files. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. But some some people said to me, yeah, I don't know if the younger generation, you know, like they have a cell phone, but maybe not a computer themselves know what Windows is. So we changed it from Apple to Android because that's a cell phone thing. And um, but yeah, it's it's kind of the same similar analogy. So, yeah. Yeah, but thank you for for saying that. That's really yeah, nice. Like, yeah, of course. And I feel like that's just like the big picture part of it because once you really get into the details of the book, like I felt like I I love working with kids who have dyslexia because of all their strengths. Like it's just I wanted to hang out with Case and his friends. Yes. And yes. he made me smile <laughs> and he made me laugh. And I also felt and I think in part because I've seen my own students struggle with the same things he was struggling with. I felt his pain. I felt, I felt bad for his parents not knowing how to help him. And I also felt a little bit upset at the school <laughs> for not being <laughs> outside of the box, how to help an outside of the box thinker. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. just chocked full, even as an adult reader, I think chocked full of great takeaways for, for grownups. What yes. You, what yeah. kind of takeaways did you have, Zoe, as the, from the kids? Um, something that I like about the book, honestly, is that like when it's about things that I can relate to, I really get into it. The book, um, guts, I could relate to a few things in it. So that's why I really like the book. So he has dyslexia, and I can relate to a lot of things he has. So I can really like. I was really into it when I started like reading it. Yeah. Well, what, what was it that you really related to? Can you, can you think of something specific that you really related to? Just like the frustration he was having, like he didn't uh -huh. understand it and there was nothing he could really do about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was really clear in the book that he was sometimes frustrated. Mm -hmm. And were yeah. you hooked in to see if that was like kind of the overarching arc of the problem or you hooked in to see how in the world he was going to solve it yeah I was, I was like like honestly at the beginning I didn't know if he would be able to complete the project because not only did he not like writing or like even thinking about it he he sort of had it all in his brain so I was like how is he gonna put that onto the paper like I don't understand yeah. yet but yeah when he actually figured something out like he had solutions to it which was like really interesting. So that also hooked me a lot. Yeah. 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 So well, that's the, that's the, that's, uh, that's how it works. Right. If you're dyslexic that you can, you can think of, uh, you have so many ideas, you can think of so many ideas, but to get actually get it onto paper is, uh, is for many is really difficult. So, uh, yeah. And in the end I had, case to the speech to a text um, um, thing on the computer which is I think is an awesome thing to, yeah, that's to be what, able to use that's what helps me a lot because um, I was sort of like case this is also something I can relate to he had so many ideas in his brain it was so hard to get it out like he couldn't figure out how to write it 
And if yeah. I could write it, it wouldn't make sense. It would be like, and then she, he went to the, like, it would be really hard. So when I did voice to text for um, my second book, um, I had all these ideas and um, Dr. Bennett gave me the mic and just said, just speak of what it's like. And then what I did, I took it on my drive and then I started editing out what I didn't want. And then yeah. I took a good book. It was like, I've, because I had all these ideas. So voice to text really helps me too. I can relate. Yeah. So that's what you used for your book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You made a, yeah. a few hours making a vision board though. You used a graphic yeah. organizer to think about characters, setting, problem, solution, problem, solution for each chapter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you put a ton of, I still have your drawings. Wow. <laughs> that that is, yeah. yeah. That's advanced writing to think about characters and plot and like, that's advanced writing. <laughs> really yeah. good. Um, yeah, Zoe has a lot of great ideas, and I think it was just empowering for her to feel a sense of community. And um, I don't know. I almost I've I have studied a lot about cultural relevant reading material for kids, but it's exactly what Zoe said. It's can I identify and relate with this character? If so, I'm more inclined to be engaged, to read it, to finish, to yeah. learn something from it, to become a better reader. Yeah. So thank you so much for the year's worth of work that it took you to to make this <laughs> yeah. come to life. <laughs> well, well, you know, this is this is exa- this is exactly why I uh, I wanted to write it and I wanted to finish it. And uh, I, it's so, it, this, these uh, compliments and also the reviews that I get from, from uh, kids, but also parents um, that um, they so resonated with, uh, with the characters and uh, saw them represented in the book. And that is, that is, that's why you do it. That's, that's wonderful. That's, that's really amazing. Yeah. And I don't know, Zoe, I don't know about you, but when I was reading this, I was thinking, oh my goodness, what if a whole class did a read aloud with this book? Yeah. Would that be so great? (laughs) So I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Yeah. All of my ideas came pouring out when I was reading your book, Gia, and I have this like three page long lesson plan ideas that I want to develop and share with you and the readers of your book, because I do think it's so powerful to teach kids who have dyslexia to teach kids who don't have dyslexia don't have, yeah mm-hmm. you know yes yeah so. yeah absolutely oh that is wonderful i would love to see it and to and 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 uh, you know maybe we can use it and and uh, and bring it to others so uh, they can teachers can uh, can work with the book in the classroom. That would be amazing. Okay, good. Yeah, that's so take, wonderful. Oh, great. I'll take yes. the sketched ideas and make them come to life somehow. Wonderful. I love that. Thank you so much. That's great. Of course. And some of it was, um, some of it is about how characters change over time and and kind of some of the standard things we like to teach um, kids yeah. at this age. But then some of them, some of the things that I saw an opportunity for was um, the word work that we can do with the, you know, the things that are really hard for kids with dyslexia, we can look at that from a different angle and approach those 
those spelling words that were hard to spell in a different way. So I'm hoping to kind of bring that lens to it too. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's funny. Well, I have to tell you a funny story because, you know, the spelling test in the book, um, where is it? Oh, I'm here. Um, so our, my the illustrator, Matsuo and Ogard, he is dyslexic. Um, so that was that's why I think the illustrations were so really nicely translated because he knows what it, how it feels. So at first, I uh, we had um, the, the storyline was a little bit different, and I had to change the spelling test so that he would uh, draw a few of the words instead of uh, writing them. So we already had the words there, and we had this uh, the 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 wrong you know the all the crossings from the teacher and so on but then i said you know what pick two or three words and draw them instead of uh writing them in in letters and so i let him do you know i had him choose which words and i would think like you know like um Aids would be an easy one, you know, like eight, eight things or something. And, uh, and he did, he, he, well, he did that, but, um, there was one word I would never have thought of drawing like that. Do you know which one? You know, the clock is really easy too. You can draw that, but he drew a witch for which. And I, when I saw that, I was like, I would never have thought of a witch for the word witch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was so, like, creative. And so, like, yeah, of course, that sounds like a witch. <laughs> yes, our homophone study. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I, of course, the teacher and me, when I got to this page, I started analyzing the spelling mistakes to see if I could <laughs> diagnose what my instruction would be next. And a lot of his mistakes, I'm like, okay, these make sense phonetically. I've got to teach him about the stress patterns. I've got to teach him about the schwa, homophone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's where he was getting, I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I better make some lesson plans for this book. <laughs> <laughs> so we can reach, we can reach these kids who think of the number eight instead of writing out yeah. yeah 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 no but it's it's that's totally his uh you know the the how the words are written that's totally his thing you know that that's the illustrator uh who's dyslexic who's writing that so and I, and of course english is a second language for my illustrator too so that was an extra thing um but uh, but he's very good in English, so yeah, at, le at least in in talking it. And you know, I don't know his writing because I only see illustrations from him. But uh... <laughs> yeah. that's cool. yeah. a story to share about the process of writing this with your yes. How cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it. We all did it. I just told Zoe when you were um, trying to find her book. Um, did you find it, by the way? Did yeah. There they are. Oh, oh, it's a bit blurry. I can't okay. see the. I well, see a visual, but I can't see the text. So she has one. Her first. Well, why don't you tell? You tell okay. her about it. So this first one, I don't know if you can see it, but this was the group one that we did, and it was the fairy tale. 
and it was actually really fun because we were all like like in um the picture we were all different we were the same people just in it and that was really cool also fun because um like i really thought this is like interesting for people because it's some of its fiction and some and so it's sort of like teaching someone while it's fiction for okay. example, what was the lesson uh, in your book? An issue that was really important to yeah. you. So, in the book, um, the fairies have homes, and their homes are trees. And someone's cutting down the trees and turning it into like furniture, and all the trees are like going away. And this is their forest, so they want to protect it. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people right now are cutting down trees and using it for other things. So, like one you use too much paper it's like no use the other side use the back side or something because Mm -hmm. a lot of people cut down trees and maybe make a paper like i was saying so in this case the fairies that's their home so they're getting cut down and they really want to protect the trees for all different kinds of reasons so yeah it says thank you for reading save the trees so the yeah yeah is to save the trees and help them out like and we wanted to make it fun, but also a learning lesson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are great books, you know, they, that have both. And that's, that's your solo, solo writing. One. Um, so it's yeah. how I, me and my friend Lyndon love turtles. We okay. um, talk about them all the time. Um, and we are get really upset because they're so cute and they are um on the edge to extinction and we really didn't want that and uh it made me really sad because i really like turtles and mm-hmm. um it like so i wanted to make a story that was about people and about how turtles were going missing and how to like how to stop it and it was supposed to be a fun book and i really enjoyed making this book because i love turtles so it was really fun just talking about turtles all the time yeah and it was like a really nice book and i really like this one well the cool the point is i think in the and you have two she has two different author bios in this one she talks about how important um taking care of our environment is yes um and i think i think on a high level when we talk about people who have dyslexia these are the minds that are going to solve our big world problems like our environment yes <laughs> so yes again yeah. going back to yeah. the importance of of understanding how to teach them when they're children so that they can grow into the best versions of themselves they can become yeah 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 that's wonderful yeah Absolutely. Yeah, this, it's, it's, um, um, I just saw a, uh, something from Made by Dyslexia, you know, the, uh, the uh, organization um, that uh, promotes uh, information about dyslexia. And they just had a new report coming out and said like 50% of all the work that uh, needs to be done in the future is going to be taken over by machines or computers. And the other 50%. Um, we need people with dyslexic uh, brains, you know, like the creativity and the, 
and the problem solving skills and that kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Um, this is, and I think one of the reasons Gia, why I immediately um, reached out to you and wanted to do this interview with Zoe is because of um, her author bio in her first book it says she is um, um, she enjoys doing arts and crafts and making these graphic novels with her friends. Zoe's dys- dyslexia made it so fun for her to do this project. All of her ideas came bursting and there was always a way to fit them in. She wants other kids who have dyslexia to know. Everyone has a soft spot where you can use your creativity and make your creations the best thing you have ever done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think my question to you, Gia, as the author of Hacking the Code is, what do you want dyslexic children to know? Um, that they are capable of a lot more than they think they are. Um, and um, that, um, of course, it is really important to learn to read and write. But once you are done with school, um, those are not the most important things that in your life and the things that are, uh, you are probably very strong in or in a few of them and then you and use those strengths and go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, we, we all have, we all have a great, um, uh, everyone has their own path and, um, it's and it and it's a, a great journey. And for some, for someone that's dyslexic, school is a really hard part often in that journey. But because of that, I see that with my own son too, um, because he had to work so hard and had to struggle and never give up and uh, do it over again. Um, he now he's now in college and he learned that you know if it doesn't go by, if it doesn't work in the first go. Or if he doesn't understand it, don't just give up. You know, he has learned to persevere and to find other ways to tackle a subject or to tackle a problem. And um, that is a, a great skill uh, to to have in your whole life. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think one that's not taught, you can't learn that directly in school. It's a it's a benefit no. of, of not doing things the way somebody else thought you should do them the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they come easily, if everything comes easily, um, then, and then all of a sudden something is goes really, you know, it's very hard for you. Then it's, then, then it's hard to, uh, you see that a lot that people just throw in the towel and say, okay, forget it. Um, and you know, like if you're dyslexic, you, you can't do that. You know, that's not an option. So you learn to go uh, take take it at another level or look at it a, a different way or find help, ask for help um, and to advocate for yourself uh, what you're good at and what you're not not so good at. And yeah, those are all skills that are really important for everyone, but especially for someone that's dyslexic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I hope that the book gives a little bit of an, an insight in uh, um, in all these things, actually. So uh, that is that was my goal. 
So and that, so that not only kids see themselves represented, but that also parents and teachers understand it a lot better. Yeah. I definitely think you accomplished that goal, and I can't recommend this book enough. So thank yeah. you so no, for, again, thank you for your time today. And Zoe, do you have any more questions? No, not really. I think we uncovered it. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Gia, for this book and for your time today and being a guest on the Mindful Literacy Podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. This was really Awesome. And Zoe, great job. Thank you. It was great to hear about your books and a lovely, lovely talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mindful Literacy Podcast. We are so grateful to have you as part of our community. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow, download, and share this episode. You can also like, tag, and follow Mindful Literacy Columbus on Facebook mindful.literacy.columbus and on Instagram at mindful.literacy.cbus. We love creating these episodes and hearing from you. Please remember that the suggestions of our guests and hosts are for information and education only and should not be taken as actionable advice. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Mindful Literacy. Mindful Literacy is not liable for your decision to implement information from this podcast. May you be inspired and energized and share this love with those in your care. Until next time, may you be happy, healthy, and at peace.